guys. We turned out okay. The Modern Parents Guide to Old School Parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello! Welcome to episode 53, a Just You and Me episode, where today we're talking about battling the winter blahs. So winter is my favorite season, hands down. I am such, I'm in such happiness right now because we can ski and getting outside has just a really super special quality about it. And I love it. But yet when the kids were small, my, my boys are now 11 and 15. So um, winter's kind of become fun again, I guess. I mean, it always was fun sometimes, but when the kids were small, it could be such a killer you'd feel like such a shut-in, I can remember. Um, you just, you couldn't get outside. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've, you're experiencing this right now with all the snow pants piled up in the in the front hall and like dripping boots and mittens and hats and stuff like that kind of all over the house. One of the worst things is finding something like that. Three days later, you'll find like this moldy hat or something that somebody threw you know, somewhere where you weren't expecting it. Anyway, <laughs> so I hated that. You know, I always really, really hated that. Or when we would have plans and somebody would get sick, whether it in in our family or in the family that we were supposed to get together with. It's just, I mean, winter, stuff happens in winter that doesn't happen in other times of the year, and it can be a killer. So I want to help you handle it better than I did. And I see, I've been thinking about this, and I've seen I figured out five ways to battle the winter blahs, and we'll get into each of those today. So the first way is to get into some kind of play with your child. One of my favorites, and it is still a favorite, although I don't have anybody to do it with at home anymore, is to take some cornstarch, like from the store, and put maybe a cup of it or so into a, a either a tray or like a, like a mop uh, if you have like a mopping bucket or something like that, something that's clean, obviously, but um, take some cornstarch and put it into that. And then maybe by the tablespoonful, drop in water. In fact, if you have a couple drops of food coloring, color the water and then drop it in. And the cornstarch mixes with the water and it just does really cool things. It's, it's, um, I don't know, there's something about it. Like when you squeeze it, when you grab up cornstarch and water in your hand and squeeze it, it becomes solid. You can feel it in your in your hand, right? And then when you open your hand up, it'll run off of your hand. There's uh, cornstarch and water is just the coolest. So that's one of that's one of the things that we did a lot when my kids were small. We found some little I remember we used to have some little plastic dinosaurs that we would use in the cornstarch and water. And one of the great things about it is it dries out if you just kind of leave it, it'll dry out after a few days. And once it's thoroughly dry, you can put it into a plastic bag along with, this is what I'm remembering, along with the little plastic creatures that ended up going in there. I would advise against leaving something metal, you know, metal with metal pieces in this bag. Because what you can do is you can basically take the cornstarch and the little plastic toys and put them away for another day. Go back to using your mop 
pan for mopping. <laughs> um, so that was, that's my first way. I, God, I loved, I loved car- cornstarch and water so much. It's so much fun to see what kids do, like when they encounter something completely foreign like that. Some kids are just so tentative and some of them are more like, give me this now, like, and they just, you know, dig right in. And uh, some of my favorite conversations with kids happen while you're sitting around at a table with cornstarch and water to keep hands busy. And Play-Doh works the same. I love Play-Doh. Using Play-Doh, in fact, with, here's a ninja tactic, using Play-Doh with the pieces from the Mr. Potato Head, if you happen to have a Mr. Potato Head around, um, you can take a ball of Play-Doh and stick, uh, you know, lips on it and eyes and ears and funny hats and shoes and that's always fun to do with kids. And it's a little less messy than cornstarch and water, but you get the same kind of enjoyment out of it. Again, lots of fun, lots of giggles, lots of just talking with your young child. It's always so much fun to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, dress up is another way to get into some kind of play when the kids were small I didn't do this as often. Oftentimes I would be cleaning up after dinner or something and Ben would strap on a superhero cape, cape aka a scarf. Or uh, we used to have these silks that we used for capes and the kids would too and they would just run up and down the hall saving, I don't know, saving people and um, identifying the bad guys and just playing together, really. That's pretty much what it was. Play-Doh is another fun thing to do. Things that are open-ended, things that you can just be present with your child and you don't, there's no expectations about what are you going to get out of this. It's just so nice to just be there. So, so the first way is getting into some kind of play with your child. And I have a book recommendation, Heather Kemsky, friend of the podcast. She's been on twice or or a little earlier on. And maybe if we're lucky someday, we'll have her on again. Heather Kemsky and her twin sister wrote a book called The Siblings Busy Book. And I don't know if you've ever seen the busy book series. There's like, there's the, there, there's several different books in the series. I can't, I'm blanking on the rest of the names, but they're little square books. They're, they have, they're made with really neat colors. They're not like primary colors, but they're, they're bright and, you know, intended for parents of young children. They have cute little cartoons on them. And Heather and her sister wrote The Siblings Busy Book, which gives a whole bunch of ways like I'm talking hundreds of ways for you to keep your sanity while having two or more children in the house. And I would highly recommend it because a lot of their ideas are about taking common household items and repurposing them for fun. And it's it really helped me when my kids were smaller to to think about how to do that. Like how do you how do you sort of get the house ready to have toddlers and what can you if you're if you're gonna close everything off I guess you can call the house ready but couldn't it be more interesting and fun to to kind of find new and different ways to use things I I can remember there were games about like you could like sort of string not string what's the word unwind I guess a, a roll of toilet paper sort of all over the house upstairs downstairs everywhere just keep unrolling and unrolling and unrolling and at the end of it, um, take uh, a snack that they really like or put 
a favorite car of theirs. It doesn't have to be something new, just something that maybe they haven't seen in a while or something that was in their bed this morning, a stuffed animal that, that they slept with last night. And here it is hidden at the end of this trail of toilet paper. You know, just fun things like that. Finding ways to play with our kids. That's, that's the first way to battle the winter blahs. The second way is to make simple snacks and then eat them together. Favorites of ours continue to be, were and always and still are, things like ants on a log, which I don't know if you've ever heard of ants on a log, but it's basically you spread peanut butter or cream cheese onto celery and you drop raisins or chocolate chips on the top. And I I can tell you, I have one kid who really likes the peanut butter raisin combination and another kid who likes peanut butter chocolate chips. So it it's... It doesn't always have to be chocolate chips. Like we don't always have to go there. They're fun and good, but there are other ways to do ants on a log too. And the other favorite way is with peanut butter and raisins. Mm-mm-mm. I've never tried the cream cheese and raisins. For me, just the peanut butter is what I like the best. But um, if you do, if you try cream cheese and raisins or cream cheese and chocolate chips, let me know how it is. So ants on a log is something that it doesn't take a lot to make. Your child can help you if if that's what you want to do. And um you can eat them together. And why not, if you're going to do that, why not eat them with homemade hot cocoa? So a couple years ago, I got a book called Make the Bread, Buy the Butter. And this woman, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but anyway, I will I will link to this in the show notes. I'll link to Heather's book as well in the show notes. The woman, the author of Make the Bread, Buy the Butter took a year to figure out what what can I, she sort of really empirically, scientifically looked at the food that we eat every day. And is it less expensive, better for us, more fun, more interesting, varying tastes and stuff like that with making something? Or is it worth more worth your while to buy it? And for example, I remember she comes up with the, she makes Worcestershire sauce. And she, I can't remember, she might actually recommend buying Worcestershire sauce, except that if you make it, it will last for years. It's just, I think it was a kind of a process to make. So she sort of has this scientific like approach where she says, for instance, she says, buy the butter because it's much, you can find decent butter for, and and more than compensate for your for the cost of the butter in terms of the time that you save not churning your own butter or shaking a jar full of cream in order to make butter, that kind of a thing. But but she found that making the bread was the good way to do it. And she gives the best recipe for homemade hot cocoa that we've ever had. It involves, it doesn't involve milk, actually, or powdered milk or anything like that. It involves cocoa, brown sugar, kosher salt. And then when you make a cup from this, like you make a big, make a few cups of mix, and then you take your I think it's two tablespoons of mix. You put that in your mug along with a a smidge, a really small amount, maybe an eighth of a teaspoon of vanilla, and you add boiling water to that. And then you add milk on top of that if you want to. I usually add almond milk because I prefer that. But uh, And it makes this delicious uh, hot chocolate that, you know, is out of this world. I've not had anything else like it. It's so, so yummy. So there's a simple snack to make and then eat together. And the last one I wanted to mention today was was making dip to go with carrots or other chopped up vegetables, carrots or green peppers or broccoli, those kinds of things. A lot of people get 
stuck at the idea of making a dip. You know, we can buy, we can A, buy already made dips in the, in the grocery store. And we can buy like pe- spice packets and that kind of thing. But one of our favorite dips in our house, we usually, to be honest, this is usually a summer thing because we don't, we usually like cooked vegetables and warm things in wintertime. But in your house, it might be different. You might, you might really want something cold. And so what I would do is if I happen to have both mayonnaise and sour cream on hand, I'd combine a half a cup of sour cream with a half a cup of mayonnaise, half a cup (laughs) with a half a cup of mayonnaise, or I would just use sour cream if I don't happen to have any mayo on hand. And I would just combine it with dried parsley, dried dill, dried garlic powder, in, in fairly small quantities, I think I, I would probably end up with maybe a half a teaspoon of dried parsley, maybe a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, a little salt and pepper. It's a it's an experimental thing. And the nice thing about cooking with kids is we can always say, hey, let's let's try this. And if it doesn't work out, you can you'll have a memory, even if you don't have anything good to eat, you can say, oh, my God, remember that horrible dip that we made? <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. It's just a little bit. Basil is another favorite thing. Oregano is really, really good. If you combine parsley, garlic powder, oregano, a little basil, that is just out of this world. And what you do is you combine your ingredients and then you mix it up and let it sit for half an hour or so. And then uh, you come back, you pull it out of the fridge and you sit down with your with your kids and you just try it. And, you know, see what you think. It's what I, what one of the very nicest, bestest things about cooking with the kids has been how they now approach food or cooking, which is basically everything's an experiment. Let's try this and see how it is. I I got the thrill of my life the other day watching my 15-year-old combine ramen noodles, which he loves, along with some leftover mushrooms that we had and some leftover steak that we had. He made himself a little ramen noodle bowl just by looking in the fridge and saying, hmm, I wonder how that would taste. It's pretty cool (laughs) to see that. So that's the second way. Make some simple snacks and then eat them together. Try saying simple snacks five times fast and see how you do. The third way is to bring music into your day. And I'm sure, by the way, I'm sure about all of these. I'm sure that you already do quite a bit of these things. This is more... When you are feeling like at the end of your rope, when everybody is is climbing the walls, everybody's cranky, the, like I hope you'll come back to this podcast at that point and say, all right, which one of these five is going to work for me today? Because sometimes just having someone else to suggest something that you have, have done but haven't done for a while, or maybe even something that you haven't tried yet, is is the thing that will that will kind of straighten out your day and make it make it run a little more smoothly. So bringing music, in fact, my friend, my friend D, who one of she's one of the people in episode zero of the podcast. So I love episode zeros. When a podcaster makes an episode zero, it's an about the podcaster episode. And I wanted mine to include the people that I've known pretty much all of my life. These four dear friends that I grew up with and that we now, our family see each other all the time. It's like a bunch of cousins with the kids and we go camping every summer and we we just, we have great times. But more than that, more importantly than that, we are, we five are just a huge support for each other. And we have, even though we all 
the thing that that started off our friendship was happening to attend the same classes in the same, you know, middle school. And that's really how we got to be friends. But our lives have had very different and interesting trajectories. And I, I'll never forget when I had Max and he was maybe he wasn't even a year old yet. I was I was right smack in the middle of the I had a year long postpartum depression that went undiagnosed with my oldest son. And I didn't even I got to the end of it before I realized what it was. I think that maybe that often happens with depression where people get into it and they don't even, we don't even really understand it or see it for what it is. And that definitely happened with me when, when Max was a baby, I, I, I felt so much guilt. If I, if I wanted time alone, I would feel guilty about that instead of saying, okay, you know, it's perfectly reasonable to want some time alone. And I, anyway, I can remember this one day kind of maybe when J, when sorry Max was eight, nine, ten months old, and I went and visited my friend Dee Dee, whose kids she she had her first when we were eighteen. And she so now my Max is born, and her oldest, she's got all four kids, and I believe her oldest at that point was fifteen. 18 that doesn't seem not 18 i think but say between 10 and 15 she's got four four children now right and they're all i think they were all in school at the time she was just getting used to kind of like getting everybody out the door in the morning and then going off to that she became a teacher so so it was during that point of our lives and i was hanging out with d at her house and max and i were there together and and she had gotten out some old toys that her kids have you know that she hadn't seen in a long time that's how i know she didn't have babies for quite a while and i remember saying that i was afraid that now of course i was afraid about everything so this was not a problem with max i was afraid i was saying to her i'm concerned that he will be a light sleeper because there's no other kid making noise in the house. There's there's just not a lot of noise in our house. It's just the two of us during the day and the three of us in the evenings and weekends. And uh, and that can I just say that that was not something for me to be worried about. This kid would sleep through. You eventually, I realized you could run a vacuum underneath him, underneath his bed, and he would still be asleep. And now he's 15, so he he's very tough to wake up. He does it. He does a good job of getting himself up when he needs to. But it's boy, those teenager years hit, and it's like slam man with the sleep. So anyway, my friend Didi said to me at that this is now 15. 14, 15 years ago, she said, you know what I always used to do was I would put some music on in the house. And that way, there was always some background noise. And so I started doing that. And I one of the first albums I really put on now music is a huge part of my life. I don't know why I forgot about music during the first year of my son's life. But I did. And I think maybe it was just a, a symptom of the postpartum depression. I wasn't thinking clearly like like I usually would. And that went on for a whole year. I mean, that's crazy. If if you're feeling not yourself and you're you're in the months or, or short time after having a baby, consider the idea that it could be postpartum depression. And and you know, even if you want to just email me, go to my contact page at we turned out okay.com and and just drop a line and ask me, you know, could this be postpartum depression? Because if it is, I I look back on that first year of Max's life with with joy. Yes. I mean, I, you know, it brought one of the one of my three favorite people in the whole world to me, but with definitely some sadness because I should have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did. 
And my friend Dee, when she gave me this advice about bringing music into our day, she made a huge change, although she didn't, she didn't even know that. So thank you, Dee, very much. I started putting on music and I can remember Max at about 10, 11, 12 months old, I'd put on a very specific album, which my parents used to love and play a lot when I was small. And it was by this band called The Limelighters and it was a live album. And the album itself, I think it was called, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the album. I didn't even really realize when I when I got into today's episode that I would be discussing this album. So there's a song on it called The Ballad of Grace Darling. And it is, I wonder if I can find it on YouTube or something and link to it. It is a wonderful, wonderful song. And one of the greatest things about it is the audience has a part to play. The audience participates by, it, it's a huge concert. I mean, there's like, there's, I don't know, thousands of people at this concert. And even with the sound muted for the audience and, and the kind of recording um, equipment that they had for the for the band for the limelighters, you you hear the crowd and it is a huge crowd, <laughs> and they have what the what the audience does what we do the listeners do is we sing our lines which are help help we are the part of the nine drowning sailors that's our that's our part, and Max from the time that we ever first put this on which was when he was 10, 11, 12 months old, he would scooch his way towards where the towards the speakers and he would sing he would yell help help and he couldn't even talk yet i mean it was so cute he would be going <laughs> it just made music made everything better and it continued to do that i mean we still have music on in the house today we've max is now a fantastic guitar player My, max's dad ben our producer 18 time winner of the husband of the year award max's dad went to school for sound recording technology, which meant that he needed like to major in an instrument and he needed to learn everything that you could possibly think of from conducting to, to technology for recording to how to, he, 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 he knows so much about music. And last night in real time here, which this episode goes up next week, I believe. So last night, Ben went to Max and said, Max, can you teach me how to play the guitar? I mean, that's how good Max is at the guitar now. And I really feel like you don't necessarily have to play an instrument or play an instrument well to enjoy music. And so I hope for you that even if you have no ambition or, you know, in terms of music, or you don't have that kind of ideas for your child, it's still a great thing to bring music into their lives. It it helped me through my postpartum depression. I think music is one of the biggest single factors in helping me to recover from that. And I mean, it continued, as I just said, kind of on into their into their older lives. I mean, the fun that we would have, I can remember dancing up and down the call, the hall of the house where we live now to there's this Led Zeppelin song called the Brawnier Stomp. And it's just a it's like a seven or eight minute long song. And I would dance my way up and down the hall and the kids would chase me or dance with me. And we'd kind of, whenever we made it out to the living room again on our loop, I'd sort of pretend to dance with the kids, but really what I was doing was kind of throwing them around in that, in that horsing around way. And it's just, music is one of those things. It's just such a great, great thing. So, so that's the third way to, to battle the winter blahs, bring music into your day. And the fourth way is to 
get outside. I know that's not everybody's favorite first choice. But once you're out there, especially with little kids, when you're all suited up and everything, it can feel like you really went and did something, you know, you've got something to come back inside to and you can even if you were freezing cold, you can say, Oh, isn't this so much better. And when you get back inside. And what I love about kids and the outdoors is how different kids respond differently to the outdoors. I, you know, my Max will, even today, will get outside and he'll kind of stand and you can, you can see him feeling the wind on his face or just looking for birds, you know, some of his favorite birds or other animals in the woods. Uh, or, you know, and then we've got my Jay, my 11 year old, who is so incredibly physical and is, he, he's not out the door yet before he's throwing himself into snowbanks and, and just wanting to climb and jump off of every possible thing. And it's just, it's so, it can be so much fun if we let ourselves relax and enjoy it, which I admittedly, I mean, I remember this. It's not, it, that's not an easy thing to do. I'm, I'm right there with you. But if you can do it, it's, it can be good fun. And one idea that I have for you, if you happen to live in a snowy area of the country, is we, my mother always told that her mother, so now this is my grandmother, they grew up in Montreal, my mom grew up in, in the city of Montreal, Canada, they had, and still have huge winters. I mean, they, they had snow, like we've never seen here, even in Boston, maybe we saw last year what they have on a routine basis. Last year, 2015 was a crazy year for snow here. We had like, I don't remember so many feet of snow, I've, I've lost track. <coughs> Pardon me again. And my, but my mother also remembers that they never, ever had school canceled. She can remember one day where school was canceled and they would walk to school and they were at school before they realized that school was canceled. Like you just did not not go to school basically. So what did you do, right? You got outside because that was the only way that you could remain sane. And my grandmother would go out and shovel a huge pile of snow, at least from the perspective of my mom and her siblings, a huge pile of snow. So a huge pile of snow to a three-year-old is different maybe than a huge pile of snow to us, their parents. But she would build a great big pile of snow, she'd shovel it on up, and sometimes the kids, I'm sure, would help too. And then she would take, I have not tried this, but my grandmother would take water, like, I don't remember if it was cold or hot or whatever, but she would pour water on part of the hill so that it would get, it would freeze over at night and it would just be all slick. And they they had basically had a slide. So now you climb up the back and then you slide down this, this water, frozen water path. And so we, <clears throat> pardon me, we never did that with the water, but I can remember building some epic snow mountains for the kids out and back here. And again, it just... <coughs> pardon me, I am so sorry. I have no idea why I'm coughing like I'm coughing today. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, what what I loved about that was it gives it gave me something to do while I was outside. So the kids are digging in the snow and they're running around and um, just observing and, and playing and stuff like that. And I I never, when I'm outside, especially at least in the wintertime, I liked to be doing something. And for example, when I'm done recording today, I am going to go and get wood. Like I'm going to bring wood from our wood pile and into the house so that we have enough wood to burn undercover for, I don't know, four or five days. 
And I love that because I'm outside, I'm, it's sunny out, you know, I can, we're actually having kind of a warm up today. So I'm, I'm just really, really enjoying the, the process of getting wood and being outside. And so it was perfect for me to be able to make a big snow mountain and then the kids would come along and climb onto it and fall off of it and it would become snowball central and it was just great fun. So consider if you're in a snowy part of the world, just building yourself a snow mountain for the kids. And again, open-ended, very not, you know, there's not, it's not about the product, it's about the process. And that's that's the fourth way, get outside. The fifth way, the fifth and final way, so we've had, so far we've had, the first way was to get into some kind of play with your child. The second way was to make some simple snacks and then eat them together. The third way is to bring music into your day. The fourth way is to get outside. And the fifth way is bath time. So I have a story to share from a book uh, actually, is from the author of the book. I'm not sure if this story is in the book or not, but Sherry Turkle, author Sherry Turkle, has written a book called, I'm going to just check on my iPad here, called Reclaiming Conversation, The Power of Talk in a Digital Age. And I'm, I'm not, I haven't read the book yet, but I am, it's on my list and I cannot wait to read it. So Sherry tells this story. I've heard her on, in multiple interviews and I, I, I just love the idea behind this. And, and she's such an engaging, um, interview guest. She's such a, she's got lots and lots of stories and she seems like a, a great lady. So she tells a story about a dad who has, who's, I think he, he's, this is his second marriage. So he had an older daughter who's now in her teens and he's got a younger daughter who's like one or two or three now. And the dad tells this story to Sherry about how with his older daughter, when, when she was small, he really loved bath time. He loved to sit and play with her on the edge of the tub. And he just, I don't know, he enjoyed bath time with, with his older daughter, but with the younger daughter, he's not enjoying them as much. And he realizes it's because he's been bringing his phone into the bathroom. He's been saying, okay, while, while she's in the water, I'll just check email or I'll just get this task accomplished or whatever. And he's not enjoying the bath as much and he's feeling down about that. And uh, I just wanted to bring up this fifth way, fifth and last way of bath time, because it's, it's another way to kind of engage with your child and just be in the moment with them. And above all things, if you can, if you can do it, if you feel like I know how hard it is to, I feel like my phone might as well be kind of sewn into my body at this point, because I use it for so, so much. And I get that I really do. I have found ways and I know you can find ways too, if you want to, to kind of regulate it a little bit. So I'm not constantly on my phone. There are moments where I say to them, listen, I'm going to finish this up and then I will be able to give you my undivided attention. But I work really hard to not take up our together time by saying, okay, we're physically together, but he's on his device and I'm on my device is, is, um, that's the, I think that's the thing that, that can happen. I think that's actually what Sherry's book is all about is like, how do we integrate the technology, which we love with the, people and the relationships that we have with them. And, and what this dad found was that technology was getting in the way of bonding with his daughter over bath time. So if you can, if you can think about that, 
leave the phone outside the bathroom, shut off the ringer so that you don't hear it. It doesn't give you alerts. And just enjoy the 15 minutes that your child is in the bath because, I mean, they can be pretty fun, you know. It's uh, anyway, that, that's I guess that's that's what I have to say about that. Um, I also want to share a story like, well, so when when my Jay was small, he was into everything. And I really literally felt like I could not get in the shower. I couldn't take a shower because unless I got up before my husband went to work or something like that, which at the time, I mean, you know this, when you're not getting, when you can't count on a certain amount of sleep at night, it's so much harder to be like, okay, I'll just get up early. I mean, that that never worked for me anyway. And I bet it doesn't work for you either. So I was saying this to my friend Shannon one day. In fact, Shannon's also an episode zero lady. So I think I'm going to link to episode zero. So any of you who haven't heard it can go back and take a listen. It's a good one. Um, Shannon has three kids. And I was like, all right, if there's anybody who, who knows how to, how to grab yourself a shower while parenting, <laughs> it's, it's her. So I asked her, I was like, what do you do with your youngest while you're in the shower? you know, how do you manage to take a shower? And she said, well, what I do is, she said, I bring him in with me. So while the shower's on, my one-year-old is in the shower with me. And, you know, he's got a few toys, he's playing with the, with the soap suds or whatever. And I, she says, but what I do is I put it, I, I stop her the tub so that um, it's filling up as I'm taking my shower. And then uh, she says, I rinse off, I dry off, and now, you know, once I'm in my bathrobe or clothes or whatever, I've got the whole time he's been in the tub. So he's getting clean too. And I know where he is and he loves the bath and, and he has a good time in there. And then she says, I just rinse him off at the end with, with some fresh water from the tap. And I started doing that. And then I started calling it Shannon's patented sanity saver <laughs> because it, it, it helps. It's just, you know, it's one, it's one way if you have not figured that out yet to get yourself a shower and have your child enjoy some bath time. Because the thing about bath time that is absolutely wild is it, I haven't figured out why yet. I have some theories, but bath time can settle kids down. Like once once the bath is over and you're all dried off and you're in your clean clothes and or in your pajamas or whatever, it's it can be such a like settling time. It's, it almost like signifies a change maybe even in our bodies. I don't know. I don't know what it is. If you have any thoughts on that, share them with me, please. But anyway, that's bath time. You know, remember that a bath can be a great thing. And that's it. Those are my five. Make sure to beat the winter blahs by making simple snacks and eating them together, bringing music into your day, getting into some kind of play with your child. That was number one, but I started looking at number two. (laughs) The fourth way is get outside and the fifth way is bath time. And above all, remember this. I heard this from a friend and I don't know where she heard it or if she made it up, but if if this if this was you Jenna, then thank you so much. The days are long, but the years are short. And if we just kind of think about that for a minute, it's so true, isn't it? That like every day or not every day, but a lot of days when our kids are babies on up to maybe 5 or 6 can seem like they will never end, right? And then all of a sudden you look up and your kids are 15 and 11 and talk about short years. So even in the toughest times, just remembering that this won't last forever. 
I found could help me focus on being present with them. Because I think that's the hardest thing. You, I, I always found that I was looking mentally for a way to tune out, to escape. And that was before I had a smartphone. I'm sure that's a lot more common now. To, to here's this nice little thing that that can help you feel connected to the wider world. But it can take you out, if we're not careful, it can take us out of that present moment. And the days are long, but the years are short, baby. Those present moments will not be in the present for very long. So, so try and remember that even in the dead of winter. And I think we're wrapping up the show for now. Um, I can go find out what is up with me and all this coughing. <laughs> but before we do wrap up, I wanted to share, I have written a book for you guys. I've written a book and I finished the rough draft and I've got covers you know, being worked on. I've got some covers to choose from. I'm going to have some covers to choose from pretty soon. And the book is called Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics. That is its working title, I should say. I'm Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics is the name of two of the most popular, most downloaded episodes of We Turned Out Okay ever. There was, if you remember, Positive Discipline Mindset and then Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics. And it's written for you, this book. If you struggle with things like getting your young child to do what you want her to do instead of what she wants to do, or if tantrums are a problem and who are really, let's face it, who are tantrums not a problem for. So if you want to worry less and enjoy more in parenting your young child, I'm really excited to share this because we've got a launch date of April 1st, which means that I'm working hard to make Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics available for you in Amazon on April 1st, which is not that far away. <coughs> if you can get through the winter, you know, then it'll be spring and, and, and you'll have you'll have this book. So to get notified the moment the book goes live in Amazon and to get your FAQs about Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics answered and to get a free chapter delivered right into your inbox, go to PositiveDiscipleNinjaTactics.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. My goal as I am reading this out as I am speaking these words, it is not quite up yet. Although I do, I do have the name. The domain name is mine, positivedisciplinedigitactics.com. And I do have a page that I'm working on. And so my goal is that in two days from now, or I guess not two days from now, a few, about a week from now, that I have it up there. And even if the name of the book changes, it's going to be something along those lines. So I will continue to call the website positivedisciplinedindotactics.com. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And oh, something else about the show notes I wanted to remember to share or talk about a little bit. I just upgraded my Apple phone, my iPhone to iOS 9. And as soon as I did that, and then I went to click onto a podcast, I realized that the links in the description that they give are not live. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Well, it turns out that there's there's those three little dots that indicate like here's a menu within each. So when you're looking at the blurb that encompasses the episode, so say you have gone to positive, yeah, this episode, How to Battle the Winter Blahs, episode 53, you'll see 053, How to Battle the Winter Blahs, and just to the right of that are these three little dots. So if you tap on the three little dots, it brings up a menu. And the menu has a whole bunch of different options, but the one I wanted to share with you is there's one called View Details or Go to Full Details, something like that. Click Episode Details, something like that. And 
that is where you'll find the live links. So that's for true of any podcast. So if you are, if you happen to have an iPhone and it happens to have just updated to nine like mine did, and you have not got a clue about how to find the links in your favorite podcast, well, that's how you just, you just click on those three little dots and you, you get the full show details and that will, that will help you get there. So, so anyway, uh, that is, that's our show. That's it for today. If you like what you heard today, please share in your favorite media channels. Word of mouth is the best way for parents to find out about us and social media is word of mouth these days. So thank you so much for sharing and for listening. It means so much to me that you're here with me in your ears right now. And I want to give a special thanks to our producer, the man who's been known to shout, and this is really true, I defy you winter and leave the house without a coat. 18 time winner of the husband of the year award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. Cheese that's not yours. Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Derp, 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 derp,